Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. So glad that uh, you're spending time with me today. Maybe you're checking out the podcast. It's later in your day. I hope you've had a good day. So glad we're going to get a chance to talk to Ken Samples today. I've missed him. He's been away for a while, or maybe I've been away. I can't remember who's been away, but he is both a philosopher and an apologist. We're going to talk today about depression and anxiety. But if faith radio is something that you do every day, maybe you do it many days a week, but it's just part of your daily journey with God. Um, we we would love to hear what's on your heart, how we can pray for you, pray with you and for you. So if you want to share your prayer requests, you can do that by texting or calling that magical number we we say all the time, 877-933-2484. Or you can go online at myfaithradio.com. We get a lot of people that uh, write us and say, this is what's on my plate, and I really could use prayer. And we're delighted when we get those requests. We get them every day, and we pray for you all the time. Just want you to know, make that part of your thinking when you feel like you need some prayer support. You can go to myfaithradio.com, or you can call or text to 877-933-248. Eight four, so uh, Ken, where have you been? Hey, Bill, it's good to talk to you. It's been a while. Yeah, no kidding. I I don't know if we just uh, what happened, but we haven't talked in months and months. I don't like it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been interesting as I've watched what's going on uh, with uh, the world and the and the pandemic, and yeah. I saw on the uh, Minneapolis paper that right now there's a huge demand for liver transplants because of raging uh, alcohol consumption with people over wow. the pandemic. Uh, there are m- mental health crises all over. There's people not knowing what to do with their pain and they're struggling and there's anxiety and depression off the charts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, I was on a website entitled The State of Mental Health in America. It has a lot of wonderful information, but uh, information that is concerning. But they were saying that um, depression and anxiety has skyrocketed in light of the pandemic. Then I was listening to a, a Catholic priest who is the president of a Catholic mental health institution he said that just prior to the pandemic, so we're we're talking maybe late 2019, he said about 20% of people in America were seeking uh, mental health uh, care. He said that some stats now indicate that that may have doubled to 40%. So that's those are amazing numbers. Yeah, I've spoken to several of my friends who are therapists and they 
express that very same thing, that their caseload is really high and even the people that work for them are really uh, stressed out as well. So it's a, a time of, of uh, I know, depression, anxiety, and we always want to be a place of courage and hope and joy. And that's what I hope to do on my afternoon show every day is is give people a, a, a comfort and a joy and a reminder that they're loved and God has got this amazing plan uh, for their life and to always trust uh, even when you may not feel it. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, Bill, is a few years ago I wrote a book entitled God Among Sages, and I compared Jesus with Krishna, Buddha, Confucius, and Muhammad. It's a fascinating study just to look at Jesus comparing him with these other world-renowned religious leaders. Um, there's a passage that I love in Matthew 28, uh, excuse me, 1128, where Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I could tell you that uh, Krishna, Buddha, Confucius, and Muhammad never said anything like that. And uh, I was, uh, this was a couple years ago, I was walking into a, a hospital, St. Jude Hospital in Fullerton here in California. And when I walked into the lobby, Matthew eleven twenty eight in large letters was printed in the lobby. And it just, it just hit me that, uh, you know, one of the things that Jesus says is that he is the one who has come down from heaven. And, uh, we can bring our our weariness and burden. I mean, uh, you know, I'd like to ask your listeners: Have you ever felt weary and burdened by the by the struggles and trials of life? I mean, I certainly recommend that anybody and everybody who has depression and anxiety will seek out, you know, uh, solid uh, mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. There's there's good things for them. But I think it's interesting here, Bill, that Jesus talks about one of the reasons he came into the world is for people. And, and I love it. He says, come to me, all of you, not, not some of you, not, not just part of you. Jesus makes the statement, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will refresh you. I'll give you rest. That is such a powerful thing. And it's something, you know, I, uh, I recently had a a fellow who wrote me a note, I want to read just a a bit of it. He says, Ken, I'm a Christian, but I suffer daily from a basically debilitating depression and anxiety. I'm constantly battling doubt and occasionally thoughts of suicide. Why do I have a condition that causes me to doubt God's existence and consider suicide? I I can't tell you, Bill, how many times I've received uh, comments like that on my blog page and uh, again, I recommend they, you know, if they haven't talked with a counselor, they need to, particularly uh, if they have uh, suicide ideation. Uh-huh. But, I also, but I also talked to about this idea that Jesus says that he's come into the world. He, he gives bread to hungry people. He gives water to thirsty people. And he gives rest to weary people. And just like your body can be hungry, thirsty, and weary, so can your soul. Mm. So good, Ken. Ken Samples is my guest. Ken, uh, I think of 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares wow. for you. And yeah. I sometimes wonder how you categorize anxiety. 
What goes in the anxiety department? Yeah. yeah, well, you know, again, I think when I think when somebody says that, you know, they they're suffering with depression and anxiety, uh, no doubt, you know, we we are a biblically speaking, I think we can say we're a union of body and soul. Um, and that that means that we have a brain and a mind that are together. We're, we're an in-flesh soul. Well, certainly anxiety and depression can be related to the brain. We can be related to, you know, a psychiatric state, but it can also be related uh, to our anxiety about uh, our our existential human condition, if you will. And it's not always easy to cast your anxiety upon the Lord, but isn't it remarkable that that's exactly what Peter says, that, and that's what Jesus says. I love what St. Augustine says in his book, Confessions, in, in, in a prayer. He says, Lord, you've made us for yourself, and our hearts find no peace until we rest in you. I mean, we could think of salvation in a lot of ways. We can think of it as uh, you've been acquitted in a courtroom. We can think of it as Christ died in your place to save you. We could also think of salvation as we are fill- our soul is filled with brokenness and weariness and trouble. And in in and through knowing Jesus Christ, we receive rest from that anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's so good. When I, th- I think I, I heard that the most uh, Googled verse in Scripture was Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which is, you know, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. When you uh, hear that, don't be anxious about anything, Ken, where does your mind go, and how do you do that? Yeah, I, I, you know, as you're reading that passage, I was, I was thinking of an, another uh, statement. Uh, this was the Anglican theologian and, and uh, missionary, um, Robert Neal. He says this, he says, he says, the essence of Jesus' teaching is God can be dependent upon in every circumstance of life. Every circumstance of life. I mean, you know, during the during the pandemic, which continues, I mean, people have physical needs. Uh, I mean, many families have lost loved ones. It's a terrible virus. Many people have had anxiety relating to their work life. Lots of people have kids at home and. Um, again, state of mental health says that the numbers for kids having depression and anxiety, very, very high. But this idea that we can come to the Lord, um, you know, Jesus tells us that we can trust the Father. Um, he calls him Abba Father. Um, we can, we can come to Jesus and he has all the resources of God. He has the resources of Yahweh Elohim, the God of the Old Testament, and we can we can give Him our our anxieties and difficulties. And so, uh, I'm all for medication. I'm all for talk therapy. I'm mm-hmm. all for that. I simply want to augment that by saying that there is weir- a weariness and a burdensome of life, Bill, 
that extends beyond just the psychiatric. It extends to the very nature of the soul. And Jesus is who? He's the great physician. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Kent, let me take a short break. Ken Samples is my guest. If you hear anything that you'd like some clarification on or you have a question for Ken in the middle of this discussion, please let me know what, what it is. 877-933-2484. You can learn all uh, you'd like about Ken at reasons.org. He's written a number of books. I will tell you all about them when we return. Be right back. Ken Samples is a senior um, research at reasons.org. He's also written a couple books that I'm going to mention, Seven Truths That Changed the World, God Among Sages. But today we're talking about anxiety and depression. And Ken, when I go to Psalm 94, there are 11 words grouped together in verse 19 that I find absolutely so comforting. It says, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's great about the Psalms, um, and and by the way, Bill, uh, prior to the 20th century, it was very common in churches to not only pray through the Psalms, that is reading Psalms as part of your daily devotion, but even to sing the Psalms. That was a very common practice. And what I love about it is, everything's in the Psalms. I mean, there are times when you're you're afraid. There are times when you're anxious. There are times when you're grieving. There are times when you're in joy. You know, this, this idea of our relationship to God, uh, we've been created in God's image. We are created to know and love God. Sin has alienated us from God. Jesus reconciles us to God. I I was uh, reading a former Surgeon General. He had a very fascinating statement. He said, I've been a doctor for 40 years, but he said, it's not like I treated people who had heart disease and diabetes. Rather, I treated anxious and lonely people, and their mental state led to these health crises. I think to myself, wow, you know, we are are a body and soul. Yes. we have to that both of those have to be addressed not just our physical condition but who we are inside the the non physical side of us mhm i love that passage too in second corinthians ken that says you know for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory and if we can keep our mind and our eyes fixed on eternity and the glory that's ahead it does take some of the sting out of our current afflictions that we suffer today. I think that's exactly right. You know, um, in in reading many Christian psychologists and therapists, they they all talk about somebody returning to good mental health has to know that there is meaning in the universe, 
that there is order in purpose. Uh, you know, God is in the future. He's gonna He's gonna wipe away all the tears. Um, he's going to make all the crooked straws straight. Um, you know, we go through difficulties and trials, and sometimes we don't know all the purposes that are uh, that God is working. But uh, He has those purposes, and I, uh, Bill, I, I completely think that to have good mental health, um, Christianity offers some incredibly powerful ways of uh, of dealing with depression and anxiety and i and i say that having people in my family who suffer with it and i say that even though there are times i feel rather helpless you know to try to take it away but uh absolutely we know the god that we have we know what uh we know what awaits us and uh, it's interesting to me that uh, when I when I read about these other great religious leaders, Jesus is just in a different category. He is just a different sort of being. And uh, here he is. Here he is telling people, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I, he doesn't say the Father, he says, and I'll give you rest. Uh, that's That's such a remarkable statement by... By someone who can't be compared, he's the most consequential person in human history. Mm-hmm. Ken, uh, a listener just said, uh, concerned about uh, wanting to share a prayer that they can that she she can pray with uh, her daughters who are in college. Each of them has anxiety about many things in life. I say scripture with them and I pray with them. I would love a, a nice, simple prayer I can repeat with them every time we talk. And uh, not to go back to the passage I was just talking about in Psalm 94, but saw verse 18 says, When I said my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. I mean, that's about as perfect of a short prayer as you can find. Oh, that's a, that's a wonderful one. I'm, I'm going to give you another verse. Paul says, nothing can separate us from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's Romans 8. Nothing can separate us. You know, um, people feel anxious for many different reasons. God keeps telling us that he is present in our life, and we we are involved. We're not robots. We have to engage our spirituality. But I love that. I love that person saying those kind of prayers with the people that they care about in their family. That's great. Yeah. So, Ken, when you're weary and burdened, tell me about what you do. Yeah. Well, you know, I first of all, I want to admit that I am at times weary and, and burdened. I mean, there there are times uh, there are times with my own personal health condition. Uh, you know, it can it can weigh heavily on me. I have a I have a job that I feel very fulfilled and satisfied, but it is, uh, it's demanding. Uh, it, it has a lot of pressure connected with it. Then, of course, maybe the harder thing is to, I think, sometimes encounter my, my family and friends who are hurting. You know, there's an instinct in me, Bill. I'd, I'd like to take it from them. I'd like yeah. to take it upon it myself. Me too. But life doesn't work that way. And, uh, and and so you know, I come back to this verse. Uh, I 
I, I used to think when I was a young Christian that, that God works all things together for good for those who love him, those who are called according to his purposes. Romans 8.28, well, I still love that passage, but I think I love this Matthew 11.28 passage even more because, uh, you know, Jesus is communicating that, that sin, has, sin has scarred the world. Uh, sin has affected all of us. And uh, life is filled with burdens and weariness, and Jesus invites us to it. And so uh, when, I, when I'm going through difficult times, um, I want to make prayer just my constant state of condition. And, and I want to call Jesus on this. I want to say, Lord, I feel weary. I'm burdened right now. I am really struggling. I I see in your word that I'm to give this to you, to not be anxious. Um, you know, and times of times of prayer, but but Bill also times of confession and repentance. You know, some sometimes the weariness and the burden uh, is not the pressures from the world. Sometimes it's the pressure on our own conscience our own fallen condition. I'm going to ask you to repeat that because you broke up just a little. The pressure is on our conscience. Can you repeat from there? Yeah, a, a lot of times it's uh, the pressure is not from our work or our job or the outside. Sometimes it's in our, in, in our own conscience before God. We have to we have to get out those the sins we have committed and and to and to hear that message that uh, that Christ has died for all of our sins. So sometimes the burden is on the conscience. Yeah, I, I ask myself that question every once in a while. If I've got a thought that's consuming my mind, I will say to myself, "Who? What would I be? What would I be thinking if I didn't have that thought?" And, or who would I be without that thought? And of course, your mind just goes, oh, I would be so happy. I would be so liberated. <laughs> and you go, right. I think how much of this is self-imposed? How much is it me just beating myself up? That, that's right. We, we, I think all of us, I think the universal condition, the human condition is that we have a voice in the back of our head. Yeah. Uh, and, and that voice is extremely critical. And uh, we are often told we can't do anything uh, adequately or sufficiently. Um, I, I think instead of listening to that, that condemning voice in the back of our head, we need to look forward to the Lord Jesus Christ, who, who again, uh, you know, he comes into the world. People are hungry. He gives them bread. People are thirsty. He gives them water, but not just physical bread and water, but a bread and water that will genuinely satisfy the soul. Mm -hmm. He promises that. Yeah. Ken Samples is my guest. We're talking about anxiety and depression. He's both a philosopher and theologian. If you have a question or a comment, let me know what it is. 877-933-2484. We'll be right back with Ken Samples. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. Yeah. What's for dinner? Hey. It's the afternoon. 
So nice to be back with Ken Samples. He's a philosopher and theologian. We're talking today about anxiety and depression. Um, Ken, when we um, think of the way sin has affected our fallen world and has cut us off from God and it's led to alienation with others, and we end up oftentimes having a, a deep sense of angst about ourselves. So that can be uh, a place where we can find ourselves experience depression and anxiety. Uh, so how do we get ourselves moved from that place to a better place? Yeah, I th- you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think, Bill, that uh, what, as important as counseling is, and and many people have been helped by antidepressant medication, and I am totally on the side of of people reaching out for good good health care. Uh, could even relate, you know, to your own physical body, eating right, exercising, all of those things that go with it. I think, however, in the secular world in which we live, people often overlook the spiritual aspect that we are made for God. Uh, we were made to love God and to worship God. Sin, the fall, has alienated not just us and God, but it's alienated us from others. Uh, Adam and Eve are bickering and pointing and blaming, but then it alienates us within ourselves. Uh, we are, we don't find fulfillment. We don't find a deep sense of satisfaction. Uh, the existential philosophers talked about this this kind of detachment, this angst that we that we experience, and yet salvation talks about us being reconciled to God. Uh, that that we are now back into a relationship with the Lord. Uh, that that doesn't mean that there aren't problems associated with our growth and things of that nature. But I I think Bill, we have to think uh, not just like eating right and exercising and doing all of those things, but our spiritual condition has to be. Uh, number one in our life. It has to be a place where uh, we are reading God's Word. I mean, I've read thousands of books. I have a library of about 4,500 books. Uh, I've read many of the classics. They're all great. I love them. But there is something unique about Scripture, reading God's Word, reading what He says about us, reading about what Jesus said and how we are now back in relationship with him. And again, um, I I think the universal condition is that voice in the back of the head. And um, that voice has to be uh, set aside and allow the word of God to speak into our hearts. And so, uh, yeah, these are, you know, these are, these are very tough times. I mean, many people have lost loved ones, Sometimes they weren't able to go to the funeral because of the COVID-19. Other people are wondering, you know, when is this going to get back to normal? When are my my kids going to go to school and all? When am I going to be able to travel? This is is definitely an anxious time. And I I think it shows us, Bill, the, the real limitations that we have as human beings and how as complex as our technology and society is, we can be brought to our knees pretty easily. Mm-hmm. 
Ken, my brain seems to be brought to Ephesians chapter 1 quite a bit lately, ever since I started memorizing Ephesians. And once you have like a whole chapter down, you start to think of Ephesians all the time because it's yeah. right there in, in the top of your, uh, at the top of your brain. But in verse uh, 17, it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Sometimes when I think about people who want to get out of anxiety, I think, well, no, my my real prayer for you is that you know him better. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you said it. There are times where we think, well, if I could just resolve this issue or if I could just you know, if I was, if I didn't have my mind racing on this this burden that I have, um, the reality, if it were not that, it may be any number of other things. But coming to know the Lord, coming into a relationship uh, with Him, um, having having a life where you have communion with Him, um, knowing Him better, growing in, and and of course, God has a purpose with trials and problems and difficulties. I mean, out of the greatest evil, the Son of God being tortured and crucified by by his own people, uh, comes salvation for, for all who believe. And so God can do that in our life. He can he can bring good out of these very, very difficult times. And you know, um one point that I love, Bill, and again, it relates to comparing Christianity to these other religions. One way Christianity is very, very different from Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, Taoism, Confucianism, uh, name your ism if you want. <laughs> um, uh, we have a God with wounds. That is the second person of the Trinity, takes a human nature. He suffers with us. You know, in life, Jesus had family problems. Jesus had pro- problems at the church, at the synagogue. Uh, Jesus was a carpenter. I'm sure if you shook hands with him, you'd, you'd, you'd know the calluses. Jesus suffered in life, like we all suffer in life. But then he suffered on the cross for us. This idea, I mean, you know, when you're going through a problem, you want to talk with somebody who can empathize with you. Jesus can empathize with you. Mm-hmm. God knows what it is to suffer because he's a God with wounds. Yeah, I do a lot of work, Ken, with men who are in recovery from drugs and alcohol, and most of them have lost everything. And I always point out that um, Jesus, uh, when he was alive, the Pharisees wanted him dead. Um, yeah. His friends were confused by him. His family yeah. thought he was nuts, and he was homeless. I said, does, does this relate to any of you? And like uh, all the hands go off. Wow, yeah. Well, I, I think I think that's a, I think that's exactly right. Uh, you know, part of part of dealing with your depression and anxiety is realizing what God has done and who Jesus was, and that he he can sympathize and empathize with us. And, uh, you know, that's that's not possible in these other religions. It's not possible. Bill, I meet young people who have given up their faith and have become secularists and agnostics and atheists, 
And one of the questions, of course, I try to answer their objections, but I ask them, and, and what has that gained you? How, how, how have you benefited? What, what uh, purpose and meaning and significance has secularism provided you with? I, I think of Viktor Frankl, again, Jewish psychiatrist captured by the Nazis. His, his, his wife and unborn child are murdered in the Holocaust. His parents are murdered. He, he lives through. Uh, he was in Dachau in Auschwitz. Uh, he writes a book, and he says what people need in life is, a, is hope, a, a belief system that will give them hope. Um, Soren Kierkegaard said, we need a reason to live and a reason to die. It's interesting to me, Bill, people are very afraid of dying unless they're deeply depressed and they somehow have lost that fear. Mm. So it's sin is a powerful thing. Brokenness is a powerful thing. But of course, that's another reason to believe that Christianity is true. The Bible talks about humans as if they are fallen, they are broken. And I hope that if there's anxiety or depression, you get professional help. But I also hope that you've got people in your life that can be with you, that can have a meal with you, that can do some recreational activity that's enjoyable, that just comes alongside you and says, I'll walk this journey out with you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, having a, having a friend, having somebody, you know, um, uh, Aristotle, the great Greek philosopher, says, you know, uh, what can defeat 500 enemies? A single friend. Right. You know that having having somebody who can and and again, I can't solve all of the problems for other people, but I can I can communicate to them that I care about them, that I'm thinking about them, that I want to share their life with them. That's that is such a meaningful thing. Friendship, caring about other people. Mm-hmm. I was reading over the weekend in Hebrews chapter 2, in verse 18, it says, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And I know yeah. I'm a little, little off topic here, but when I think of Jesus suffering when he was tempted, I always would expect him to be tempted and go, this doesn't bother me. I'm not tempted by this. But this verse says he suffered when he was tempted. Do you know have any insight to that passage? I, I think fundamentally, Bill, we, we, often, we often fail to appreciate that Jesus was a single person with, with both a divine and human nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of think in a Gnostic way, you know, that he just, he just kind of made his way through life. No, when, when we're tempted to, to encounter a temptation is, is to have something that could potentially pull us away from God. And of course, the people who know the most about temptation are the people who never give in. I think we can conclude Jesus knew the most about temptation, and therefore it was painful and hurtful for him. Yeah, if, if you only give in, you don't know much about temptation. Okay, as soon as you give in, it's gone. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All right, um, take a little break. Ken Samples is my guest. We're talking today about anxiety and depression. And if you've got a question or a comment you'd like to make, I'd be more than happy to hear. 
877-933-2484. That's the text line, 877-933-2484. We'll take a very short break and be right back. walk-up music for Ken Samples. He's a theolo- theologian and philosopher, and we're talking about anxiety and depression today. We can learn a lot from St. Augustine, can't we? Absolutely, Bill. Um, he wrote about you know, his, it, it, his own challenges in life and how, how God's grace met him. Absolutely. His book, The Confessions, I mean, he, he talks about his uh, pursuit of uh, uh, fame, his pursuit of of accomplishment, uh, none of it was satisfying. His his pursuit of hedonism and pleasure, uh, he concludes that none of it's satisfying. Sex is not an ultimate satisfaction in life. Uh, money is not an ultimate satisfaction in life. Accomplishment. Notice all three of those things are not bad things; they're good things. Mm-hmm. But but when you try to get eternal fulfillment out of temporal things. They'll fail you, and uh, you know for that that quote where he says to God in prayer, "You've made us for yourself, Lord, and our hearts find no peace until we rest in you." He he is undoubtedly going back to, you know, Matthew eleven twenty eight. It's it's only God that can give us rest for our soul, and so. Yeah, I'd like to encourage more people uh, to read St. Augustine's Confessions. Uh, It's not just for Catholics. Uh, St. Augustine's probably influenced Protestants as much as he has Catholics. Mm -hmm. And he he writes about his own life. Lots of times when I read it, I think, man, he's talking about me. This is my experience. Oh, absolutely. Ken, I know you're not a physician or psychiatrist, but a question came in about why is the anxiety and depression so physically painful? Yeah, that, I, that's a great question. That, that's a super good question. And I think the answer to that, Bill, is that we are a union of body and soul. I, um, a lot of times it's easy to think that, you know, we're a body and we have a soul just kind of floating around. But if you but if you think that the God took the dust to the ground and the breath of life and and man became a living being, we're a union of body and soul. We're a brain and a mind. And uh, if something is affecting our soul, it's going to have an impact on our body. And if something is affecting our body, it's going to have an impact on the non-physical, the soulish minds of ourselves. And so there is this. there is this duality, but we, we have to think in terms of, of the unity. And the physicalist, the naturalist, the secularist, you're just a body, right? Eastern religion, well, you know, you're, uh, the physical is, is, uh, is an illusion. No, Christianity is a very 
fleshy religion. It's a religion believing in bodies and matter, but we're a union of the two, and therefore it has a deep, deep impact upon us. So interesting, Ken. Um, These kinds of questions pop up often, and because you're a philosopher and theologian, I think this is a, a good question for you, but I get this often when a person is planning on taking their life because of the pain of living is too great. Uh, Does it affect their eternal destiny? Would they go to hell instead of uh, paradise for taking their life? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging question. And I had a brother who took his life. My wife had a sister who took their life. Again, it's interesting to me that people usually want to live at all costs until life overwhelms them, you know, despair overwhelms their will to live. I think, and I have an article on this on my blog page, where I believe that God forgives people uh, who are desperate. I don't want in any way to that be taken as an endorsement for suicide. It's a great sin to, to murder the self. We're made in the image of God. It is, uh, it's a terrible sin. But I believe that often people are not in their right mind because in our right mind, we, we want to protect ourselves. Uh, in, a, in a despairing condition, we've lost the will to live. I believe there is salvation for, for people who commit suicide. But I, I think it does indicate, um, uh, you know, one, one scholar said that um, – you know, we live in a world now where people have uh, all the all the means to have a meaningful life, but they uh, they often have a, a deep sense of despair. And so, you know, this is this is a topic that that's affecting America, the state of mental health in America, and and how do we how do we help people? How do how do we as a church, I mean, I love it that you're talking with people who have had addiction and talking about their condition. I mean, prison ministries, if, if, as a Christian, if you want to be blessed, if you want to get outside yourself, stop thinking about yourself, volunteer to help other people. It will not only help them, but you'll turn around and say, wow, I never felt so good in helping other people. Yeah, because you think that you're going to you're putting yourself in a position to bless others, and that the answer is yes, you will be doing that, but I think you will find the greatest blessing to be what they have done for you. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. You talk about uh, theologian Stephen Neal, um, yeah. talking about the central emphasis of Jesus' teaching is God can be depended upon in every circumstance of life. Therefore, yeah. you can rely on the Lord to help you with your suffering. That's exactly right. It, it doesn't matter what it is. That's, that's, uh, Stephen Neal says, look, this is what Jesus was trying to get at with all of these parables and all of this communication that Yahweh Elohim, and, and nobody, nobody in Jewish history ever called Yahweh Elohim Abba, dear father. Um, you know, Jesus communicates to us, and I think Stephen Neal is right on the money, that no matter what it is, if it's your finances, if it is physical pain, if it is 
depression and anxiety, whatever it is, you can depend upon the Lord. He is there for you. He, you, can, you can come to him. And again, he has empathy. He knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to, to, to be tempted. He knows what it's like to suffer. He had family problems. He had problems with religious people. Um, yeah, I mean, his brothers, his mother, Mary, his, his, that gave birth to him, at one point thought, got to go take control of him. I mean, I think, I think Jesus kind of experienced all of these fundamental pains and difficulties. And so, uh, yeah, I love that. God can be depend upon in every circumstance of life. Mm-hmm. Ken, I know a lot of believers listen to Faith Radio, which I love, and I know there's also a number of people that stumble across, across the upon the station, and they maybe were uh, encouraged by someone they know to listen. So they might be suffering with some anxiety and depression, and they may be outside of the family of God. They've they've just maybe yeah. kicked the tires a little bit, or they've had an experience with religion that just has not led them anywhere. But let's talk about the ultimate cure for um, our fallen state in the time we have left. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly right. I mean, I, I grew up kind of as a nominal Catholic. Um, you know, I believed, I never disbelieved in God, but uh, I had you know, I felt empty inside. I felt a restlessness. Uh, any of the things that I pursued that I thought would kind of take away that that kind of, that, that sense of, uh, I didn't fit in. There was something missing. I, I love the expression, I couldn't find my way home. Can you, mm-hmm. imagine, can you imagine feeling like you can never find your way home? The gospel tells us, and it, and it happened to me, Bill, I, I decided because I felt empty, because I had a sense of uh, loneliness, I went out and bought myself a Bible. I remember it was a paraphrase, Good News for Modern Man. I started reading it. And, uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really know how to go forward in the Christian life, so I, I just went back to church, and I started talking with Christian people, and, and the Lord just transformed my life. That can happen to anybody and everybody. You know, get yourself a Bible. Open it up. Start with the Gospel of John. Go on your knees. Maybe maybe you're not sure God does exist or that Jesus is the Son of God, but, but ask Him. You know, Jesus, you said, come to you all, all, and I emphasize that word all, and I will give you rest. Try it out. See if see see what it, if it works. Um, I've got books that I've written for people who have intellectual problems with Christianity. There are sources out there. Um, Jesus is the most extraordinary person. He separates history in half. He's the most consequential person. See see if that's true. Put it put into the test. I did. And he changed my life. Yeah, he has no peer. No peer. Hmm. No peer. Not Aristotle, not Plato, not Confucius, not Buddha. 
The thing I loved about Confucius and Buddha, Bill, was they admitted to themselves, we don't even live up to our own moral ideals. You put Jesus, it's in a different category. Mm -hmm. So I look at Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Yeah, grace, that wonderful word, grace, charis in in Greek, unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. You could never earn it. But in Christ, he freely gives you salvation. He take, He can take away the punishment for your sin. He can he can take away the shame. And I, I think that's another voice in the back of our head, a sense of shame. Mm-hmm. God can cleanse us. Uh, Jesus's atonement can make you right with God. Yeah. Ken, thank you so much for your time. Really a delight to have you on the show. And it's nice to hear your voice again. Thank you, Bill. You bet. Ken Samples has been my guest. Several books. One is called uh, Christianity Cross-Examined. Christian, classic Christian thinkers and God among sages. That's all the show we have for today. Thanks so much for being with me. I'm already looking forward to our time tomorrow. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.